I'm Julianne DeLynn Hatton, and you're listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. This series will discuss the Prophet Joseph Smith and the authenticity of the gospel he restored. I'll be speaking with Michael R. Ash, author of the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Welcome, Michael Ash. Hi, Julianne. Today we're talking about a great topic. Uh, yeah, a topic that uh, has a lot of discussion and some debate. <laughs> it's a fun topic. It's Book of Mormon Geography. Yeah, it's it's one that uh, um, almost anybody can you know do a little bit of thinking on. There's there's information in the Book of Mormon itself that everybody can throw in their uh, their thoughts into the hat. And I don't think that we are expected to really know the answer to this. I don't think that the St. Peter at the Gate is going to ask us if we know where the Book of Mormon was written. Yeah, it's it's not important. Uh, you know, the importance, of course, is of the Book of Mormon is uh, living the precepts and understanding, um, you know, why Christ visited the people in the uh, ancient Americas and, and uh, what that means to people of all parts of the world. And, uh, and of course, as that was key in being part of the restoration of what that means, uh, you know, for coming into Christ's church. But understanding, you know, where these events took place, um, it's a fun topic, it, it's a scholarly topic, but it's not a spiritual topic. Let's have some fun with this. Let's begin by touching on some of the Book of Mormon geography theories that are popular. Yeah, the original theory, and it's the one that really lasted the longest, what's known as the hemispheric geography. When we read in the Book of Mormon that there was a land northward and a land southward separated by a narrow neck of the land, will you tell that to anybody that's not familiar with the Book of Mormon, and right away it sounds like you're describing North and South America with what, you know, current-day Panama being the narrow neck of the land. It just, it fits. Mm -hmm. And and so that's, that's a, a very logical assumption, and, and that's what the people in Joseph Smith's day, and perhaps even Joseph Smith for a time, uh, would have accepted, because it just naturally seems to match what we can look at any map and see. Um, that has been pretty much phased out by uh, several other geographic models. And some of those, everybody's realized, um, I should say pretty much everybody's realized in the various models that it had to have taken place in the limited geography. I mean, you, you couldn't have people marching to war from North to South America in a, in a couple of days. You know, it just doesn't work. I mean, we can't do that uh, in, in cars, and, and let alone, you know, when you're moving groups and, and including families and kids and livestock and all these other things. And so a closer reading of the Book of Mormon um, demonstrates that this had to take place in a limited area. So there's different theories on where these limited areas might have been. Um, we have a Baja model. There's some people that propose this took place on the Baja Peninsula. Um, and, you know, they have arguments that, uh, you know, to support their findings. Uh, there's a Panama model, and uh, there's a number of people that follow this one as well. Um, and there is a, a model for the Great Lakes area, um, um, or what some people refer to heartland of uh, the United States for the Book of Mormon. Uh, again, all these are limited areas. And then there's the uh, um, model that takes place somewhere in Mesoamerica or Central America, uh, or what people refer to as the Mesoamerican model. Let's talk about the Mesoamerican theory. Yeah, the Mesoamerican uh, model is the one that has the most support 
from LDS scholars, okay? Uh, There are believing, active, faithful members that accept any of these other geographic models, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, it's not important to our our, uh, spiritual salvation. But if we turn to archaeologists, anthropologists, um, you know, experts in ancient cultures and uh, uh, geography, the majority of them favor a Mesoamerican model. How did the Mesoamerican theory come about, and when did it come about? It started actually to come about even in Joseph Smith's day, um, when uh, uh, Catherwood and Stevens came through uh, Mesoamerica, and, and they wrote a journal and drew pictures of this, and some of those letters and writings were, were brought to newspapers around the country. Uh, Joseph Smith w- was very excited about these, and, and he seemed to indicate that he believed that some of these uh, um, Book of Mormon cities matched what we were reading about in the Mesoamerica. So, so this goes back pretty early. It didn't catch on among most of the members, and Joseph Smith might have vacillated, you know, here or there on, on exactly where it was. It wasn't revealed to him. The hemispheric model seemed to continue forward because of some prominent Latter-day Saints that used uh, footnotes about some of the geographic uh, details in later editions of the Book of Mormon. You know, these, these are footnotes added just based on uh, supposition, uh, not revelation. It, it especially became prominent in about 1980s, uh, John Sorensen, he kind of took the ball from a few previous scholars that really promoted the Mesoamerican model, and he made it more accessible, this model, to uh, believing Latter-day Saints and other Latter-day Saints scholars. And as these scholars examined some of the details of Mesoamerica and what we find in the Book of Mormon, that's where most of them gravitated to. That, that seemed to make the most sense. What distinguishes the Mesoamerican theory? We, we have to tie the Book of Mormon geography not only to the things that we read in the Book of Mormon itself as far as descriptions, but they have to make sense as far as moving, like I said, time frame-wise for travel distances. Uh, you know, rivers have to run in the right directions. Uh, and, and we find some of the things that are in Mesoamerica, uh, things that are mentioned in the Book of Mormon, like writings. So far, Mesoamerica is the only place that we know of a sophisticated writing system. Um, We know it of of advanced cities and fortifications. Thanks to archaeology, this is discovered in Mesoamerica. Um, The rivers down there match the right size, the right length, run in the right direction. And and you have to correlate these between other Book of Mormon areas. You can't just say, oh, here's a river that seems to match. Well, that river has to tie in to locations of, you know, other Book of Mormon cities that are mentioned in order for this to work. Uh, The climate, we we don't read anything about snow or or cold in the Book of Mormon. And Mesoamerica um, has that right. We don't find the cold down there. Um, The culture as far as uh, how the culture lived, interacted with the environment, um, developed agriculture and commerce and so forth, all of that ties very well into what's uh, in the Book of Mormon. And of course, when when we read of 3rd Nephi with uh, the destruction that took place, Mm -hmm. you know, all across the land, uh, that has to have come from a volcano and earthquakes. Uh, you know, th- there's been a lot of writing on that, just those two topics themselves, but it matches exactly how we would understand a massive er- earthquake and volcano. And we find 
you know, hot pockets of that down in Mesoamerica as well. So all of these things have to tie together in uh, and be a, a unit of evidence. You can't just pick a couple highlights and say, oh, you see, this works. All of these pieces have to fit together, and, and the puzzle pieces fit together best, in my opinion, and that of most LDS scholars in Mesoamerica. Now, there are some quotes from Joseph Smith that he might have been trying to figure it out. Yeah, and, and uh, he had a, f- a few quotes that he was trying to uh, understand what was going on, as well as that he might have supported it uh, in the times and seasons, and I don't remember the year offhand, but uh, there was an article in there, again, talking about uh, the uh, uh, John Lloyd Stevens' um, adventures into Central America, and the editorial there, which would have been overseen by Joseph Smith, is very positive as far as linking this to the Book of Mormon. So if he didn't write it himself, he would have overseen it and approved of it. Um, so there's definitely indications that he took it serious enough that uh, it made sense to him from some of the uh, evidences that were coming forth even in his day. So Joseph Smith was curious about where the Book of Mormon was written as well. Yeah, yeah, he he wondered as well, and he was looking for information to come forward from scholars, non-LDS scholars, I mean, the experts. He wanted to see what they had to say and how that fit the way he understood the Book of Mormon. So how does that gel with writing the Book of Mormon as a prophet, but not knowing where it was located? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because Joseph... Uh, was the translator, and that's really the key. He wasn't the author, he wasn't the writer of the Book of Mormon, he was the translator. It's interesting that this seems to be a problem that surfaces over and over again with people that uh, struggle with what I've termed shaken faith syndrome or, or, or you know, uh, faith crisis, is that they, they for some reason think that Joseph Smith must should have known everything about everything that's related to the Book of Mormon or the Church or anything else. He learned line upon line, precept upon precept, just like anybody else, and the Lord didn't give him the answers for everything. That's why we have living prophets. That's why there's new things that come forward. Well, the Book of Mormon is one of these uh, great examples. He translated this record into English and then published it. He did not live with these people. He wasn't there, and even though he had apparently seen some visions of some of their doings, uh, he never talks about seeing a, a satellite view of the Book of Mormon lands. You know, even if he would have a... because uh, he talks um, at one point about how he... his mother actually mentions that how he described the, the, some of these people. Well, if you were dropped helicoptered, blindfolded into, into a town or a village and describe some of the people, do you know where you're at? Do you know what the geography around you right. looks like? Mm-hmm. Of course not. And and so some critics have tried to use that saying Joseph Smith would have known, but Joseph Smith never claimed to know where all these things had taken place. He knew that they had happened somewhere on the New World because this was a New World document, but the Lord hadn't revealed it. And so when the re- Lord does not reveal something, you're left to your own opinions and decisions, and that still happens with prophets and leaders today. The Lord hasn't revealed everything, and so it's up to you to figure it out, and you can do that with your own suppositions and assumptions or turning to scholars, whether they're LDS scholars or non-LDS scholars, and that's what we find Joseph Smith doing. He's turning to the information that's out there to try to match that with what he knew about the Book of Mormon. And if he had written the Book of Mormon, he would have had in his mind some sort of geography and known where it's at. 
Um, you know, anybody that's writing a fictional book, if we look at the Lord of the Rings, you know, um, Tolkien had this map that he drew out and everything about where the people lived and moved and so forth. Joseph Smith didn't have this map in his head. He didn't know where it had taken place. And so that's actually a very strong evidence, in my opinion, that he was not the author of the Book of Mormon, but was rather the translator of what somebody else had written. Thank you, Michael Ash. Thank you, Julianne. Thanks for listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. I'm your host, Julianne DeLynn Hatton, inviting you to keep the faith. Michael R. Ash is the author of the book, Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Faith and Reason is produced by Tom Hatton with music courtesy of Arthur Hatton. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of Fair Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can support this podcast by subscribing to it in iTunes and by rating it and writing a review. Questions or comments can be sent to podcast at fairmormon.org or you may join the conversation at fairblog.org.